BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Maryland. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code OLDLINE150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Maryland today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Maryland only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days from issuance. Please play responsibly. For help, visit mdgamblinghelp.org or call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM National Harbor. Promotional not available in Washington, D.C. Swimsuit? Check. Sunscreen? Check. Phone charger? Check. Don't forget to pack the 5-Hour Energy. It fits great in a pocket or carry-on, and the alert feeling will help you arrive ready for anything. Now get 20% off when you use code 5HETRAVEL at 5HourEnergy.com. Expires April 30th. One-time use only, not valid with other discounts. Remember, visit 5HourEnergy.com and use code 5HETRAVEL to save 20%. This show is brought to you by The Makery, the podcast network for makers. Welcome, welcome, welcome. 2023. Knife Talk. We're still here every Monday morning. How are you all? I hope you've all had a great, great new year. Um, I'm Craig Lockwood of Chop Knives, joined as always by Jeff Fader of Fader Knives. And Mareko Mamasi of Mamasi Fire Arts. How are you guys? Doing well. Jeff, good. Dude. Okay. <laughs> I was like, Jeff just muted himself. He's probably good, blowing good. his nose. Good, good. No, no, I was burping. I had oh. uh, <laughs> just drinking a little seltzer, and I thought it'd be great if I, all of a sudden, I'm, I just drank this seltzer, and I'm thinking, I bet I can not burp. I bet I can just like hold it and not when he when I undo it and then you said how you doing Jeff I'm like oh for fuck's sake unplug <laughs> it and there you go <laughs> so good so how are the New Year's hangovers have they cleared oh I didn't even have one really? I, I had oh, wow. I had two I had two drinks all night wow and they okay. were early because I was driving I was being responsible Craig oh, Look at you. I'm not like you and your yes. French fucking crazy people out there Wow! just driving around with <laughs> bottles of wine in the car slugging yeah. on it i'm just joking i mean that we, probably we, happens but it does a lot we booked a hotel this year so we didn't have to drive anywhere um nice and it was great it was the best new year i've had in a long long time really normally it's just yeah normally it's just my wife and i and you know you normally by new year you're done with christmas you're done with eating too much done with you know, all the rest of it but my sister's been over um and Amy's parents said they would babysit all three kids for us, which was like the first time, oh. like overnight. And we're like, well, there's nothing going on around here. Let's let's go to the big city. So we went to Limoges, which is our sort of nearest big city, uh, the four of us, uh, booked a hotel and had a really good night out. And yeah, banging head the next morning, I'm afraid. But it was it was well worth it. It was a good night. <laughs> wow. Did, did you say before we uh, before the end of our last episode that you were going to be skiing? Did you end up going we, skiing? We did go skiing, and we came back up. We, so we had five days skiing. We came back after the third day, 
um, because there's a big problem. There's no snow anywhere. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I was just going to say, I just saw a post for, of the French Alps and people were skiing yeah. like in, in the in the gutter <laughs> of the side yeah, of the road. Well, thankfully, where we were, they had snow machines. Um, so the runs had, you know, there are plenty of snow on the runs. But if you looked immediately next to the run, you, it's just like grass, you know, and it was... Um, so very few runs were open because obviously they had to pay attention to these to make sure these were good. Um, and after three days, we were like, okay, we've had, we've, you know, we've skied, we've had a good time. Let's just head home. We were all still feeling a bit shitty. Um, whereas, you know, we've had a bit of a sort of fluey and that kind of thing over Christmas anyway. Mm. So yeah, we had a great time, but, um, we cut it short, um, simply because there wasn't that many runs open. Um, sure. but it was good. It was good. And I said, we had a great new year then. So uh, yeah, it's, it's Christmas was hectic but new year has been really good which is unusual it's usually the other way around for us so i'm very happy nice what did you get up to jeff well it was it was we had a lot of plans and then we had things my problem is in life is when i try to take care of everything i'm supposed to take care of and when things come at me that are out of my control i have a hard time dealing with them like i find myself being like un slightly unraveled <laughs> and um we had all this we have all these plants to cook 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 and i i went down to the basement to i always go down to the basement to kind of you know move some stuff around or check some things and i noticed that there the drain to the main sink in the kitchen was broken so it started dripping huh. oh. and chris new year's eve right before we were about to cook some food and go out to watch the ball drop and i'm like that, that shit is gonna see some action of christmas new year well yeah sorted now yeah this is yeah so it's just like it it and there was hillary's like, what'd you call a plumber i'm like i'm not calling a plumber i can fix this drain and i, I had to go to home depot and then right before right before they're about to close and i had to try to get all this stuff and i was like it sucked it's totally sucked and then we, we couldn't fix it that night so we just left the sink filled with it really really threw me for a loop and then the, that night i'm talking to my friend who's a contractor and so how should i do it and it's like in a weird space and i was just like it sucked frankly i was like really it really it run, i unraveled yeah, mm-hmm. over a you know fixing a fucking drain pipe and um we got to fix the next day and it was like that my new year's resolution was to try to deal with things out of my control a little bit better so that was that and um yeah it was it was otherwise it was good we uh, bittersweet we finally got my mother out of her apartment uh i had a all through december i had to get her out her stuff out and she's now safe and sound in this place and handing the keys and thought maybe all right now that it, you know life is gonna be a little bit normal and now you know phone calls are happening so it's it's you know 2022 leaked into 2023 and that's just the way it is so yeah yeah <laughs> Literally leaked, yeah. Literally leaked. But I, you know, you take care. That's the hardest part about being a maker and being in business and being a small industry or whatever, small business, is you can plan and plan and plan and plan, but there, there are these little things that get in your way, and it's how do you deal with them? Like, that's the hardest part. You're going to, like, you know, how, how do you deal with these things that are out of your control? That Yeah. Without a big team of support, it's all up to you. Yeah. Right, yeah. right, 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 right. Yes. So, so Morocco, you had a family time then, I assume, if you're driving around? Uh, it was super low-key, actually. Uh, a friend had a wedding reception. They'd actually oh, gotten... Yes. Oh, yeah. Yeah, they had... you saying, yes. They'd actually gotten married a couple of days prior, but just very small. 
which is actually a very good move <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, with maybe like the, the crucial 50 or 60 people, like, like really close family. Mm-hmm. Um, but they kept the, uh, the actual ceremony small. And then a couple of days later or a week later, whatever it was, they had the reception. And, um, and so they did it New Year's Eve. They did it at 8 o'clock. So it's like post dinner time, so they don't have to mm. feed people. They did have hors d'oeuvres, but um, they didn't have to feed anybody. It was just music, cocktails. They had an, uh, like a coffee stand, and they had, of course, like cake, desserts, and stuff like that, and a photo booth. And it was cool because there's a buddy of mine from high school. I live in the town that I grew up in, um, so a lot of people came back into town for their wedding uh, that I hadn't seen in a while, and so it was good to catch up with folks. Um, nice. and yeah, but it was super low key. Um, and man, any more these days, I, I actually, I, I've been going out, uh, not a ton. Like I, I went out a few times over like th- just before Christmas and, and new years. Um, and I've actually stopped drinking. And when I go out, especially if I'm going to be driving, um, which sounds terrible now that I reflect on what I just said, <laughs> I'm usually pretty uh, cognizant about, you know, you when to stop and having drinks and stuff like that. Um, but, you know, it, it, I don't really go out very much anymore. And so alcohol takes a little bit more of a toll on me these days. Uh, and I'm not even really drinking at home. So when I go out, I just don't drink. And just like the peace, the peace of mind, honestly, more than anything that I'm going to be I'm going to be safe. I'm not going to accidentally hurt anybody. I'm not going to get pulled over for some stupid shit and get my ass busted. Uh it's so great. So um yeah, so that's been one of my new things lately. Um and you have a clear head in the morning too. God damn it. It sounds like I just drive around like a drunk asshole all the time. <laughs> you know, I'm going to get into this whole sober driving thing. I don't know about it, but I'm I'm trying it. I'm trying. You know it's Give funny. It it's it's really actually quite funny that you say that because I grew up in New York City. So I didn't have to I didn't get a driver's license until I was in college. Right. And you didn't you, you know even in my small town now when we go out for drinks, I don't I can walk to town. You know right. and and growing up we could go anywhere. You live in New York City, you just take the subway or a cab or, or a bus. Mm, sure. So I never really – drunk driving was never an issue, but it was very like – it was scary. But at the same time, it was just like foreign to me. It was like, what the fuck do I need? Just get on the yeah. subway. You know, so yeah. I, I never had to worry about that. It's but it's more scary. It's oh, absolutely sh- rife. Because sh- we're in the middle of nowhere it. as well. So the, lo- the bars that we do have, it's just full of people getting hammered, jumping in their car and driving home. And, and you think, okay, you know – Maybe there's no. There are police around here, but they're often in the bar drinking too. Shut up. You know, it's, <laughs> seriously, <ship>. seriously. <laughs> and there's a, there's a thing here in France where you can't actually lose your license for drink driving. You can you can lose um, your normal car license, but they have something called a sans permis, which is a no permit car, and it's a little. It's almost like a lawnmower engine. <laughs> you can hear them coming from a mile away. They still do sort of forty, fifty miles an hour. Oh, um, Jesus. So if you so if you actually do lose your license for drink driving, you can still drive one of these on the road. So you often see loads of these parked outside outside bars because they're like, well, there's nothing you can do. You know, I'm 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 allowed to drive this because it doesn't need a permit, and I'm allowed to drive on that. So yeah, it's oh, it's wow. rough. It's really bad. So yeah, it's well, yeah. if you're out at night walking and you see a car coming towards you. You can pretty much guarantee they're drunk driving that car. Oh my god! Yeah, yeah. yeah. Here in Washington, there's a sim- like, 
uh, I think it's under a certain power, like like under a certain CCs or, or mm. speed limit, like a yeah. top yeah. speed limit, you don't need a driver's license. But you hear yeah. these fucking things coming like down the fucking street, right? Two strokes, yeah, yeah. But you can still get a DUI on it. You can get a fucking DUI on a bicycle here. On a bicycle? Yeah. It's a form of transportation. That's embarrassing. And that's though, a, yeah, super no, embarrassing. That's what you went for. That happened. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, um, but other than that, the party was great. Great to see people hang out and get home safe. Like, uh, 12 o'clock hit, and I was like, cool, time to go to bed. I was so fucking mm. exhausted. Um, and then I just finished a couple days ago a, uh, a knife, and I got it posted, which was really nice uh, to get all the kind words. And it felt good to start off the year strong with a fresh knife right out the gate. And, um, yeah, so that's where I'm at. I'm getting ready to – oh, actually, I do want to say real quick. I So I've – I've been promoting my calendars, and there was a delay with the printers. Uh, I, I don't know what happened in the machines, but they were down. Uh, so anybody who's waiting on a calendar, they're supposed to be getting here. Well, let's see. This episode airs Monday, so the Friday before uh, today. Um, and what? for us, it's tomorrow. Wait. It's okay. so fucking confusing. <laughs> Anyways, uh, so I'm, we're supposed to be getting them. Get them mailed out as soon as possible. I apologize for the for the delay. And uh, we were running a deal through the Patreon where if you sign up with the Patreon at the $15 level or higher, you get a free calendar as well as access to the Patreon, the private Discord, and all the like private Q&As and shit. Um, so we're going to extend that through the end of January. So if anybody missed that opportunity, uh, there's a chance to, you know, Sign up, get the calendar for ten dollars off, basically, because they're twenty five dollars otherwise. Oh, uh, cool! And so, yeah. So, I appreciate everybody's. Jesus, I'm new at this game. I just I had an alarm just go off. Um. So yeah, I appreciate everybody, everybody's patience. Remind everybody about the calendar. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's exactly what it was. Okay, I'm done talking. <laughs> okay, shall we talk about knives? Sort of why we're here, I suppose. Yes. Before we do, 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 I'm sorry. Before we Go start on. the questions, I have a knife-related thing to talk about. Oh, okay, so, okay. But I mean, you know, this is no this, do it. This yeah. Po- well, this Let's podcast is sponsored by Evenheat, manufacturers of the finest heat treatments available. Isn't it? Are you guys there? Are you, are try, are you so, trying to no, do sorry, an alley oop? Or to, what's going you on? I was trying to give you an alley oop. Yeah. <laughs> sorry, sorry. Anyway, Knife Talk is sponsored by Even Heat, the manufacturers of the finest heat treat ovens available. To find your next oven, go to evenheat-kiln.com. And you know what? If you go to uh, knifetalk.net forward slash heat, that will take you to Soul Ceramics, who are distributors of Even Heat, um, and you'll get $75 off and free shipping in the US. And I believe they got some already made up. So you can just order, they'll ship immediately. With that $75 off, all the rest of it. Link is down in the description. Okay. Sorry for not reading the queue there. I Sorry. It's fine. We were having a good My time. My rhythm is all... Because I've been in a huge rush to set up it, because we're doing this a day early, as we normally do. I forgot all about it. Don't worry. Set up. My rhythm's all off, so don't, hopefully we can... Don't worry about it. Fine. Deep breath. We'll get into it. Well, we'll I just wanted it. to bring this up because this is interesting. It's something we've never talked about, but at the same time, it just happened to me. So, I don't know if you guys listen to Full Blast Podcast, but I... Uh, oh, jeez. Let me finish. Let me get going. Let me get moving, dude. I interviewed our friend Kev Slattery. Kev Slattery from um, Australia. He's on the Knife Making Down Under podcast. It was a great conversation, and it was like about a lot about mental health and his struggles and stuff like that. 
So I got a message from his friend and also, uh, you know, knife making down under is Mert, Tansu, Kev Slattery, and Corin. Um, and so I got a message from Corin. Corin also runs this Australian knife making company called uh, Gamaco. And uh, he wrote me this message. He says, listen, I really appreciate what you did for Kev. And I want to send you this carbide tipped hammer as, um, as thanks. And I said to him, like I normally say to everybody, I eh, don't send me anything. I'd prefer you not to send anything. And his response was, suck no. shit. I'm sending it to you. <laughs> it wasn't, it wasn't, it wasn't, suck shit. I'm sending it to you anyway. So I said, okay, great. So he sent me this little hammer, and I, it arrived a couple days ago. And it, he calls it the Nyrock, N-I-R-O-C, hammer. I spelled, corn spelled backwards is Nyrock. So mm-hmm. it's a small uh-huh. hammer. It's eight ounces. He, they, they carved this uh, Osage, Osage wood, and it's a brass hammer with these carbide tips. And he sent me a link to these videos. Um about how you use them. And they're meant to be for straightening hardened steel knives. Now, I know right now Kyle Daly is like probably having a fucking stroke <laughs> typing me right now, typing me right now saying, oh, I saw those too. I know. So if you're in the United States and you're interested in these carbide tipped hammers, KH Daly, it's Kyle Daly. Don't need to write me, Kyle. I know I got you. I got you. He makes them and sells them too. So the idea is, and I want, they sent me a video. It's a small hammer, eight ounces, tiny. So it's a little hammer, and then it's got carbide ends. And what you do is, if you have a, uh, of like I guess if you the the one, the videos I've saw, if you have a full tang, uh, full thickness hardened knife, like if you were getting stuff sent out and hardened, and they come back, and there's a little bit of bow in it, what you do is you put it on a flat surface like an anvil, where it's the bow is so the ends are. Up. So you're if you if you're bowing the, the the low spot is on the flat surface and then your ends are sticking up at into okay. the air, and then you slowly slowly uh, with not like you don't go crazy and this is a tiny hammer you you tap you tap that area that's touching the hammer the the anvil and then that slowly helps pull out all the bows and you can watch these videos I think Creely Knives did a video and I'm sure Kyle's done videos before KH Daily don't worry Kyle I got you and. It, it, Kyle and his small tool. Remar- <laughs> it remark. I mean, it is remarkable. I haven't used it yet, but it arrived and it's beautiful. So, it's a really interesting concept. And I think, and I don't know a hundred percent, but I'm under the impression that like Carter Cutlery does it, and it's this way to flatten. I don't know if it's cold forging. I don't know exactly. Mareko, do you know anything about these yeah, hammers? Yeah, it's definitely cold forging, and I believe it is a very traditional Japanese uh, technique for correcting any kind of warps and wobbles. Actually, Don Nguyen also has a, a series where he's making a traditional uh, yanagiba, which is like a, a Japanese sashimi knife. But part of the issue with the heat treating of the yanagibas is that you know, they're very thick and then they're a single bevel and you have this hollow on the backside. It makes all this weird stuff happen into this in the steel. You're relieve, you're creating all these weird stes- stresses or also relieving them as you grind stuff away. And so <clears throat> in his video, he's good, he's doing successive rounds of grinding and ha- and straightening, grinding, straightening, grinding, straightening because the tap because you are hitting it very light because you are cold forging hardened steel those the the forging work that you're doing um is very superficial and if you do go back in and do a little bit more grinding 
you sure shit are going to grind right through that and whatever you put into that steel is going to actually come back out of it um and so it i from what i've under, understand either if your blade's super thin already then it's something that you can do early but ideally realistic uh or sorry ideally you want to be do it doing this when you're closer to what your finish dimension of the knife is going to be so like most of the way through your finish grinding so so that when you follow with any kind of hand sanding even um that you're you're not kind of working your way through this corrective work that you've done with the carbide tipped hammers uh to straighten out the knife from what I've seen, that from what I've seen, these guys, I think Creeley, I think it's Creeley, Creeley Blades did a video about it. A lot. What he was saying in the video was, and I'm sure that Kyle probably says the same thing in Corin as well, is that if you have a full, it, it would probably be easiest if you got. If let's say you're just making knives out of three thirty seconds, and you're heat treating them flat. From what Creeley was saying, he's like, sometimes I get stuff sent out. And when it comes back, you're not paying for these guys to straighten these things. Some some of the heat treater guy treater heat treaters, depending on where it is, if it's a knife heat treating company, they're going to be a little bit more attuned to you know you can't send bananas back. But all of a sudden, you get a batch of knives that have been heat treated, and they all look like you know the letter C. You 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 got to figure out a way to. I mean, either going to shim temper every single one of them a million times, or from what they were saying is you can repair a heat treated full thickness knife with these types of hammers so pretty cool i can't wait to try i I mean i don't want to have to do it do it but i'm glad that there's another option out there besides shim tempering yeah yeah i'm interested to see that i'll look at those yeah so so it's uh gamaco has them that's the nyrock hammer if you look at i don't know if gamaco has an it's if you look at uh corin's yeah they got instagram Corns or Gamaco probably he's I know they're making them in batches and Corns making them I mean, they're be- they're beautiful like he's machining the the brass and then he's I think Kev actually worked on a lot of them and and the wood is beautiful they're beautiful little hammers yeah. and then I know Kyle is making them too out of cage daily knives so you know look it's something we don't talk about we usually say shim temper that's it but now these little hammers are pretty cool carbide yeah. tips I guess and you maybe you know Mareko but the reasoning behind I'm not, I'm not I'm not testing you I don't honestly don't know but imagining you can't Wrong use a, I can't use a real hammer you're not using a forging hammer you're using the carbide tip yeah you're using the carbide tip and that and that is exactly why is because it's the carbide tip is harder than your the steel in your blade um, and basically the reason like you were saying earlier you want kind of the cupped side facing up is because the you're basically because you are cold forging it you are spreading the material and you're causing that to come back down um so real quick gamaco is on instagram Cam- gamaco.artisans or sorry artisan.supplies gamaco artisan supplies yeah cool. those got corns are good to he however he did say he did say, i said no you don't have to send me anything he goes suck shit he said that's a good Which one. Is a I'm going to remember that one. That's a fucking that's a strong thing to sell someone, but, you know, there you go. What are you going to do? That's a good way to tell somebody to fuck off. You suck is. shit. Is, I mean, I don't think he's telling me to fuck off. I think he's just like, regardless. I'm no, sending he's, you, probably, we're, we're, no, we're he's saying, fuck you, I'm still sending it. Yeah, fuck care. you, I'm still sending <laughs> There you go. A little knife talk. There we go. Okay, questions. Uh, Jmod Knives sent a question in via Instagram at um, Knife Talk Podcast on Instagram. He's DM'd us, and it says, what up, guys? So for Christmas, I gave my friend a really good deal on a chef's knife. Oh, problems, all right. I can see where this is going. 
um, who's a cook at a high-end restaurant. He always wanted a knife but could never afford it. I've just wanted feedback from a real cook. He told me he wanted someone with a lot of rock to it. He even saw the blade in real life before the handle went on and loved it. He took it to work and told me it actually has too much rock to where it's wobbly when he's finally dicing. I told him that we could reprofile it and he said, no problem, I'll give you $100 and don't mind helping. Is it fucked up to just have him do it, do all the hand sanding, um, let an outsider see what us knife makers have to go through? As always, love you all. I think that's a okay. great idea. Yeah, <laughs> so I think that's not so fucked up at all. Not at all. Exactly, yeah. He's going to pay you and do your hand sanding. I think <laughs> that's that's the game, definitely. Um, to be honest, I mean, there's nothing much else you could give them to do, really. I mean, they could watch you do something. Right. Um, but, you know, what else could you give them to do apart from the hand sanding, I suppose? Mm-hmm. So Here's yeah, what's yeah, going to happen. Do it. He's going to say, okay, great. You come in. And then the guy's going to show up. He's going to wear his clothes that he thinks are the correct clothes to wear. And then he's going to bullshit with you for two hours more than it would have taken you to fix the knife you're, you're already going to yeah. do. And he's not going to do a good job. And there's going to be J-hooks. And there's going to be, and he's going to hurt himself. Or he's going to put one. It's, oh, do you have something for my fingers? Like bandage? This is hard. And then he's going to, and then there's going to be something else. Hey, can't we just use the machine over there? And then he's going to want to use that. And then he's going to. That's the whole point though. Well, just, yeah, take his money and make him work and tell him to shut up too. And J-Mod, who is a fucking dynamite dude, tell him to shut up every so often. Give him the real story. Listen, (laughs) too much lip, my man. I meant, keeps hand sanding. You get, what the fuck about these J-hooks? I'd go full on and I'd say, well, look. We can only do this on a full moon um, if it's a Wednesday. Right. Um, and, and, you know, get full on. Get him to face north when he's doing it and give him the full the full treatment. Um, that's what I'd do. Yeah. Okay. Um, who wants to take the next one? I'll take the next one. Jeff, is this – is that Jay supposed to be there? I'm looking yes. at this. Okay. I'm gonna say I, I think that it's Mike Madge is- Kick. Okay. I was it's not magic. He said at one time he said in how it's supposed to be pronounced, but – I forgot okay. how it's supposed to be pronounced. Madge kick knives. Uh, I got a dilemma slash question. So I recently got a knife back that I'd made for someone around two years ago. The customer asked me to fix up some edge damage, and I said I would. Upon receiving the knife, I realized the edge damage was quite substantial, significant rolling and some chipping of the edge, apparently done by breaking down a chicken. <clears throat> My first thought was that I had a bad heat treat, so I tested the undamaged parts of the edge by uh, by hitting them on the edge of a, a of the welding table. The damage from from this was not even half as bad as what was on the rest of the knife. So I guess my dilemma question is slash question is. Do you think chickens have suddenly mutated to have tungsten bones? Uh, uh, that uh, sorry that it's a case of. Or that it's a case of bad heat treat, or they're trying to pull one over me uh, because it's been others, some other misuse. I personally, I think, I mean, this is obviously a chef knife. Um, if it is chipping and rolling, I'd say that it it probably isn't the uh, the heat treat, simply because. You've got you should you probably have a super super fine edge on there. So the only way that's going to happen is if it's being misused, you know. And you know if it's a, 
he doesn't say what kind of chef knife, but you know, if it's a you know a standard sort of chef knife that you'd use for most things, you don't want to even be breaking bones with them, even if it's a chicken, you know. Um, so I'd say it's 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 a misuse, you know. Well, you know, fix it if you like that, you know, that's completely fine. Um, but you know, if you've done other tests on the knife and it seems fine, I wouldn't worry about about your heat rate. Um, you know, if it's if it's not keeping it sharp and all the rest of it, then you'd I think I'd worry about the heat rate, particularly for a chef knife. Um, but if a chef knife, personally, I think if it's chipping and rolling, um, I'd, I'd say that was more misuse than, than heat treat. Yeah. I mean, his reaction is the exact same thing I would think. I would be like, oh, fuck, did I mess up the heat treat on this? And I would do the exact mm. same. I would test it in some way to get an eye. I don't know if I would hit it against the edge of the welding table, but I keep a cutting board or, you know, there's plenty of scrap wood in the shop. And I like to impact kind of just basically like I'm forging with a hammer, but instead I'm hitting the cutting edge against this wooden surface. That will tell me pretty quick if there's something wrong with my edge geometry or the heat treat um but it sounds like it wasn't he doesn't or, or the results from his little test uh he doesn't think it's a heat treat my guess is not only is he uh probably abusing the knife in some weird way but cutting on a surface cutting cutting surfaces are really important mm -hmm. and a lot of people mistakenly think that because they've spent a lot of money on a knife that it's fucking indestructible. They've seen too many Ginsu knife fucking infomercials or whatever, right? And the reality is like you cannot cut on ceramic, you can't cut on glass, you can't cut on other metal or in a cooking pan and expect things to stay great because the the edge of the knife while your steel is really hard, you have a really sharp edge, the micro serrations and the teeth, the actual cutting at bevel is very fragile it can be very fragile especially when it comes in contact with the wrong shit and so my guess is that he was not cutting on the right so not only was he breaking down a uh, a, a chicken probably probably with a knife that he should not he shouldn't have been using um you for a, a a knife that's meant for breaking down chicken you want a little bit more of a robust geometry that's why boning knives exist and that's why meat cutting knives and other kind of cleavers and, and butchering cleavers and shit like that exist but that's also because they have a different geometry they're not just necessarily different steel they're different geometry so they can withstand that kind of impact most of the cooking knives that we're making are not meant for that kind of impact they're meant for cutting vegetables fruits and boneless meat which covers a lot of stuff but anyways so Probably used the wrong knife for the for the breaking down the chicken. Number one, number two, he's probably using the wrong surface. So, um, I, when I send my knives out, I always send out a care sheet. And fucking people are lazy and they don't read stuff. But at least for me and my peace of mind, I've sent something that says, "Do not cut on, <laughs> you know, glass, uh, glass trivets. You know, these trivets are, ugh, I don't know. Like, uh, I remember for a long time, people were." They were being sold as cutting boards. Mm. They are not it's cutting a, boards. They, they're... It's amazing how many people I see with one of those glass things they think is a cutting yeah, board. Yeah, or, or like cut a, everything on it. Right. Yeah, it's crazy. I've also seen like little marble. Again, they're trivets mm. or like presentation boards, but they are not cutting boards. You could cut yeah. cheese on it with a cheese knife that doesn't actually have an edge. 
but you don't want to use a good kitchen knife, especially a custom handmade, high expensive, whatever knife on a fucking piece of marble or in a cast iron pan or on, you know, a ceramic platter or whatever the guy was using to cut this thing was probably not the right surface to be working on either. So if you fix it, get, hit them up and be like, yo, just to remind you, you should not, you should only be using this knife on well if it's only designed for the, if the geometry is only meant for certain things then say the, whatever those certain things are but also that it should be on plastic either some sort of synthetic plastic cutting surface for especially for raw foods um or raw meat um or or like wood but none of the other crap because all of that shit is gonna fuck up your knife real fucking quick yeah what do you think jeff i think it's a i you guys did it perfectly i i mean <laughs> I think it's a, I, I, it gave me time to, to, to come up with a different scenario. I think the guys who brought the knife back is completely full of shit. Not only did he use the wrong... I mean, if you're breaking down a chicken... I watched this video, this guy on Instagram, this Yakitori guy, and he uses one of them chicken knives, and he explained how the different ways to break down chickens for Yakitori and different... And I've broken down chickens and all that shit. The only time I'm ever cutting through a bone is I'm cutting off the heel or the ankle, above the ankle, above the wish, above the, uh, the drumstick. Other than that, yeah. Yeah. where are you hit, where, at what point do you ever hit bone or, you know, you go through cartilage, you go through, right. you know, you go through the joint between the thigh and the, the leg, or maybe, maybe you're going to bust through the spine, but it's like, this fucking guy didn't do it right. He did yeah. something wrong. He did something wrong. It ain't your knife. It ain't your knife. Uh, whatever you guys said, I agree with you 100%. He's so bullshit. I, and, and the reason I bring up the improper cutting surface is because I have seen people either uh, like a video or seen it, people at their own houses have like a 13 by 9 inch baking dish. And they're doing the work of the chicken inside. They're trying to be good. They're trying to con- con- contain all the like the raw chicken juices and shit, right? They're mm-hmm. trying to keep it in a clean space. Uh, you don't want to cut on glass or if it's stoneware, whatever it is, even if it's a, like a little sheet metal baking dish pan thing, you don't want to be cutting on that. It's terrible. It's yeah. terrible. Yeah. And then I would think, now if you were to chop off from the ankle up of the chicken bone, you'd be hitting using the heel. You wouldn't be using the tip of the knife. So if the right. damage was on the heel, okay. But if the damage was somewhere else, guy's full of shit. That's what I have to say. Well, we did it. Oh, oh, speaking of which, by the way, uh, you said in the beginning when you said the, the guy's name, uh, Madge Kick Knives. Okay. I want to say one thing. Last week, we were making jokes on the Ball Beef Review. We're not making jokes, but we, the guy's name was Berg. We were saying Berg Fark. Remember that? Remember Berg Fark? And then you said, Craig, you were making it sound like you're saying you know, something else. It, yeah. I made the mistake. His name is not Berg Fark. It's Berg Falk. F A L K, not R A R K. Falk. Yeah, Falk. Okay. So, shout out to shout out to Mr. Berg Falk. Okay, there you go. Who's taking the next? Stu Lynn says Stu Lynn's from Australia. Good dude. Question for all three of you, little bastards: What's the best decision you made for your business? Good ass question, right there. Mm-hmm. Good ass question. Yeah, I, I I saw that question. I was giving that some thought while Marika was answering the last. Um, I would say, personally, for me, it is getting blanks laser cut. Mm. 
um, because that has given me a whole new sort of customer, which is now restaurants. And it's just, yeah, I can just work faster, you know, obviously matching sets of sort of 15 hours and so on. They're, they're, they're all identical. Um, it just, yeah, it just completely changed my business, basically. Um, not as profitable, obviously, um, but I get consistent numbers and, yeah, it just, just changed everything. Um, whilst we're on the subject, if you're interested in laser cutting or water jetting knives or even designing them by with CAD, stay tuned next week. We've got a new sponsor that could maybe help. Ooh. All right. Have mercy. So what, do you, what um, is what it, Marek? What's the best business decision? Yeah. What's the best decision you made for your business? Me? Uh, yeah, you. Okay. <laughs> I will say <clears throat> it was actually what was it? A little over a year ago now. I transitioned from doing all custom orders to taking no orders. Um, mm. I do recognize that I'm in a special position to be able to do that to make that kind of pivot. I don't think it's a thing that is either people are capable of doing or is a good idea for people to do. Um, but I had to change the business model and the way that we were taking orders or not even necessarily taking orders, but the way we were selling knives and selling work. And, and so for me, it took, I, I was really struggling with, with the stress and the frustration of, um, of the custom order list and the, the constant delays and the internal uh, stress and frustration I was feeling towards myself, feeling like I was letting these people down and disappointing them, or if there's a delay, like the stress of having to start over and that delaying a payday and, you know, I got bills to pay at home. It was too much and I had to change things. And so fortunately I was in the position that I could pivot to uh, cancel, basically cancel all those orders and transition to a newsletter model. Um, where basically I make something, I put it out in a newsletter, somebody says they're interested and they buy it. And mm. it's it's been really great for me and my mental health and managing stress and and being able honestly to plan for for what I'm building or what else we got going on. Last year we also I was started doing a lot more teaching stuff and doing more demonstrations. That was that was part of kind of changing up the that structure of doing only customs too. Um, and, and it's been good. And I'm very thankful that I, I finally had made that decision. I probably really should have done it a long time before that. Um, so it didn't get to a point that was like basically a breaking point for me. And, um, yeah, so I'm glad I did that. And that is probably the best decision decision. I keep wanting to say decision, uh, but anyway, decision I made for the business. There you That's, go. Newsletters definitely rock. Yeah, it's good. It's good. It's definitely anything to get you less stress is nice. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Without question, this is easy for me. It was making the decision that I can't do this alone and I need help from a just new set of eyes. And having my business partner, Tony, who's like one of my closest friends, known him. 20 plus years we worked together for a long time before become my business partner was the best decision I ever made. And it's like we, he's come up with ideas and not to mention, not just like I got a business partner who owns part of the company where he's a yes man. He tells me how he feels. He tells me what I'm doing, where we're going. And I trust him. And I also allow myself to, to 
not have to micromanage him. I don't micromanage uh, his ideas. I say, I rarely say, the only time I ever said no to him, and it was a funny thing, you wanted to get red shirts with gold sparkles. And I was like, I'm not, I'm not paying for red shirts with gold sparkles. <laughs> you forget it. He's like, oh, now all of a sudden you say no. And even his, mo- his mom called me up. She goes, you know, I think that the idea about the red shirts with gold sparkles is a great idea. I'm like, Mrs. Ayatsi, come on, please. Leave me alone. But, uh, but other than that, it's been by a mile the best decision I ever made. He gives me confidence. He also, it's not a relationship where we make, we make decisions that are based on personal decisions. Like it's not my wife, not that there's anything wrong with that. But I mean, my wife, if my wife was my, uh, we were partners, she would be making me make decisions based on things that were not, you know, wouldn't, not long-term, they'd be short-term. And Tony comes up with these ideas that are very long-term and it's like, and I trust him. And it's not easy for people to do, and it's not, you know, like you were saying, Craig, it's not profitable sometimes because, you know, I, you know, he gets a cut. He, he owns part of the company. But it's by a mile, the best decision I ever made was offering him partnership in the company. Right. By a mile. Nice. Still waiting for him to be on full blast with you so we can hear more of that sort of story as well. Tony is, you know, Tony's... Tony's a fucking awesome dude, and he's also he has a small company that uh, is in Southeast Asia, so he's in the, he's there a lot, and it's an accounting company, and it's hard to get him pinned down every so often, and also do, and he wants to podcast. He used to do a podcast called the Overseas Podcast, which was awesome. Yeah. I loved it. The problem was it was too hard for him and the business, and during the pandemic, his business went from, like, incredible to really not incredible. Mm. So he had to figure out ways in which to make his company, you know, this other company a little bit more. It's hard to get him. I want to get him back on full blast. He's got an open invitation. I love Tony. Tony's the best. Nice. He's coming tomorrow. Cool. So we're excited because I tell you, we're doing a new – We have we're doing a brand new – set of knives and i've got three finished three designs that i love and it's a it's a, not a departure it's very thoughtful and it works with, with the confines of what i've been doing and it's it's exciting and he's coming down we're gonna have some fun so it's been great cool nice cool okay th- those are all good decisions another good decision is combat abrasives makes the world's best abrasive belts for knife makers available in any size at unbelievable prices Go take a look at CombatAbrasives.com and get 15% off with promo code KNIFETALK15. Do it now. Great decision. Use Combat Abrasives. Okay, let's do a few more questions. Um, James Watson Knives. Oh, sorry, no. Uh, Brigham Kindle first. Um, hey, man, can I ask you a question? If you're doing a hidden tang and have a blowout, uh, do you spend time trying to fix it or just rip the handle off and start over? If you try to fix it, what's your go-to move? Now, this confused me. I've, I don't do hidden tangs, so I don't really know what a blowout is. What would that be? Um, I, I would assume, and obviously we would need more context to know specifically what he's asking about, but I, I have in my knife making, doing hidden tangs, especially when I'm doing the, the bedded fit-up, which we talked about a couple episodes back, but basically where you're doing a basically a 100% like super tight fit so that you can take the handle off later and then maybe work it separately from the rest of the blade or guard or something like that. And 
putting things back together, sometimes there can be some hydraulic pressure uh, that makes things really challenging for actually putting things back together. And, um, and I have had, uh, usually it's been burl or sometimes spalted wood. Um, but you know, you might have already gone through some of the the uh, sculpting and everything like that. And then when you go to do the final glue up somewhere along the way, or it could just naturally exist in the material, there's a crack that you didn't see or anticipate. And when you're doing that final glue up, and if there's a lot of pressure in there, it can actually cause it to blow apart. Um, and I've had that happen actually a couple times, which is part of the reason I stopped doing the uh, uh, the bedded tank fit up. But also an, an adaptation for that was to cut channels into the sidewalls uh, of the tang slot, uh, the bedded tank tang slot, so that that pressure that that somewhere to go that yeah. Flew, yeah had somewhere to flow out of basically, but it's like still a made... hydraulic pressure hydraulic pressure, <clears throat> and you push it down. Yep, the exactly. Okay, gotcha. And okay. so. Yeah. Uh, but you still maintain a good fit up and you know uh, engagement with the tank so that everything still lines up perfectly. It's just it, you you get rid of that issue with the hydraulic pressure. Um, so in my experience <laughs> with those, um, I've had to start over. I just took the handle right back off uh, because ideally, you know, you're uh, you get it on there and you're happy. You clamped or it's clamped and, or maybe in the process of getting it on there, the handle breaks. And before the glue sets back up, I just rip it back off um, because there's no way for uh, from the times it's happened to me. There's no way to work around it. Uh, I'm not going to like slather on some glue and then try to glue it back together for some like bullshit piecemeal handle construction. That doesn't feel good to me. I don't feel confident in that. Um, so I just started. So it's over. a big fuck. Pull it off, throw it at the wall, <laughs> go yeah. for the walk, and come back and redo it. Okay. Yeah. Okay. See, the way I read it was he was making a hidden tang knife, but it was a, the handle was curved, not like a straight like wah style handle where it's like a, c- a cylinder. Like it had you know convexity, almost like a like a we're well, not a convexity, but like a gripped handle, like a pistol grip. So. When he was drilling, he drilled through, bedded the tang, and then when he was, oh, and then yeah. he's carving oh, through you, yeah. the bottom where your fingers go for a <laughs> chopper. All yeah. of a sudden, you see that glue, that glue spot. That's happened to me. I have where, done that too. Yeah. Yeah. So that's what I assumed, and and I tell you what I used to do when I used to when, when I make mistakes, and I still do the same thing. A lot of time, and this is crazy. I'll think, can I fix this? And I've been down this road where you're trying to, f- I've been down this road when I used to do railings, when I'm trying to fix something and I'm welding and I'm grinding and I'm welding, adding more welds and I'm grinding and I'm just like making a wreck, making a wreck of it. With knife handles, if I look at it for more than five seconds, I'll just touch it on the bandsaw and I'll be like, okay, I got to get rid of it anyway. So I'll fucking just like, yeah. I don't want to think about it anymore. So I'll ruin it intentionally because I'm like, I know that I'll spend an extra four hours trying to make something not right. But like right now I'm doing 12, uh, I'm doing like eight prototypes and I'm fooling around and they're, they're not perfect. They're I'm working on fit ups and working on this, that, and the other thing. And I'm letting them ride because these aren't going to be for sale. And I'm just like, I know, all right, these, and I'm going through all these different like stages of, all right, well, I got to be aware of this, 
when I'm doing them for real. So I'm like actually kind of going through all the mistakes I would make and make sure I can figure out uh, how I can counter those mistakes when I'm fabricating them on the real. So it's kind of mm-hmm. cool. But I, yeah, my, my move is, is like, unless it's really not, if it's, don't solve, just start over. It's not the end of the world. I, so the time, well, it's happened to me, I think only, fortunately only twice, I believe. Uh, the one time I, that really stands out to me was the first time this ever happened to me. And it was a, like a $250, like exhibition, like 5A grade COA handle material. And the block was an oversized block, and the customer ordered a matching set of a chef's knife handle and a paring knife handle. And both handles came out of um, this block, but there was, there was no extra, basically. And I fucked up the handle on the chef, and that was exactly what happened. I, w- I was going in and cleaning up where the pinky rests in the handle, and I went too deep, and... And I uh, and I got into that kind of like that tang slot area full of glue, and I could see a big difference. I was like, at first, I was like, "What the fuck is that? That's a weird thing in the wood." And I real it dawned on me that I had fucked up and gone too deep. And um, for that one, I told the customer immediately what was happening, what and um, and and the options ahead. And I said, either I can try to patch this, or I can start over and find a, a different piece of wood or try to get another one. Um, and they had been, they had also like some collectors will buy handle material or even steal sometimes and say, I would love to use this on my custom build. And she had been sitting on this block of wood for three years, just waiting for the right project. And I fucked it up. And that is some of the stress and frustration, by the way, I'm talking about that fucking kills me when it comes to custom orders. But anyways, I patched it. Uh, it's pr- it was a pr- at least at the time it was a pretty good patch job. That's what she wanted to do because it was a very special handle material. I have no idea what it looks like. She doesn't live far from me, so I should try to get a hold of it and look at yeah. it again. Don't don't do it. Don't do it. Just let her. <laughs> but, uh, let her yeah. Let her, let her fucking. I, I hate doing that and anymore. Like, well, I'm not t- taking customer orders anymore. But I only a couple more times after that, I had customers send me handle material that they wanted me to use. And it scared the fuck out of me. One of them, it took me eight months to approach like the handle glue up, like just the, the handle assembly. And, and then start, I started sculpting the handle and I was just too anxious to keep going. So I stopped and I, I set it down for like six months. And I worked on other shit. I couldn't like if I was too full of anxiety to do that. And I was, and that was part of, honestly, <laughs> that was part of why I was like, I can't do this anymore. It's too much. It was just killing me. And so, yeah, I just got okay, some wood well, from you know, a, Oh, go by head. Oh, but I was going to say, if you need, if you need some handle material, <laughs> you can head on over to maritime knife supply.com. Um, because as well as handle material, they've also got steel belts, um, tools, forges, kills, and much, much more. Uh, based in Canada, they're actually the Canadian distributor for combat abrasives as well. So you will get that 10% off if you buy a 10-pack as well, which is which is cool. Also sell RhinoWet and all the rest of it. They are MaritimeKnifeSupply.com and MaritimeKnifeSupply on Instagram. Mm. Go take a look. Lawrence did me a solid when I was at Maker Camp. The, the knife I just finished, I was talking about at the top of the episode, I actually started at Maker Camp, and Lawrence Lake of Maritime Knife Supply brought me a beautiful piece of Arizona ironwood to use uh, for that build. 
and it came out great in the finished wow. product. Nice. Yeah. BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Maryland. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code OLDLINE150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Maryland today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Maryland only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days from issuance. Please play responsibly. For help, visit mdgamblinghelp.org or call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM National Harbor. Promotional not available in Washington, D.C. Nice. Okay, we've been, well, we've been nearly an hour already, so let's zip through a couple more questions, see what else we've got. Um, we all pick a question each. Um, I've we, got James Watson Knives. We um, also James. have, we, sorry, we also have lots of listener feedback. Oh, yeah. Yeah, cool. We get to, time that, yeah, we'll get to that so. then, yeah. Yeah, okay, cool. Uh, James Watson Knives, um, hello, love the show. May I ask, what class do you recommend on forging knives in the UK? UK. Hmm. I know Alex Pole w- was doing classes, but I know they've recently moved, so I'm not sure if they still got the facility there to be able to do classes. And I'm just looking on his website actually, and I can't seem to see anything. But I'd say drop him a line because if he doesn't, he'll know who would be best to speak to in the UK. Um, so Alex Pole is in the sort of Bath area, um, so quite easy to get to from anywhere in the UK, really. Um, Great guy, and even if you just want to look at pictures of old dirty hands, go take a look at his website. <laughs> uh, it's just full of pictures of dirty hands. It's, it's like a fetish site. It's quite, it's right, quite, he's, it's he's, quite amazing. He's, he's, a fucking, he's a fucking big dude. I'll give it to you. He is. He is. Yeah. yeah he'll give you a shitty um, cup of coffee, right? Uh, well, that was Steve. Yeah. Oh, was yeah. Steve. But um, but yeah, Alex. I know he did courses, and he had a great facility there. But I said he has moved. Um, but yeah, get in touch with um, well, alexpoleironwork.com because if he doesn't, he'll certainly know who would be best to contact. That's what I'd mm. say in the UK. You could also check with Hereford College, which is a big blacksmithing school in the UK, which is you know yeah. internationally well-known. And then there's also the UK version of Abana, which is called BABA, but British... Artist oh. Blacksmith Association, Baba. The fucking Baba rules. Listen, I remember getting seeing um, some stuff from Baba oh, back in the day, and I was just like, I wish a bandit was more like Baba. Baba fucking rules. So I would definitely get a hold of Baba. There we go, yeah. Baba. <laughs> also, get a hold of Baba might be the name of <laughs> might be the name of this episode. Get Baba a hold Bing. Of Baba Bing. Bing. <laughs> I, it might be worth checking out the the boys over at Blenheim Forge too. Oh yeah, um, good one. Uh, I good think call. occasionally they they either have open houses or teach lessons or do or, or if anything um, have a good resource. In fact, actually, now it just hit me. Owen Bush is a maker in the UK. Mm. He's a very talented bladesmith and blacksmith, and he definitely teaches classes as well as hosts other teachers teaching classes. I've actually talked to him uh, about getting over there to doing uh, some classwork over in the UK. Um, We'll see where that goes. But he is a, a, a neat guy, and he does some good shit. So 
Owen Bush would also be another great resource to hit up. And Toby Morell, UK Ooh. Knife Supplies, he was teaching classes, and if he do, and he's very in the know of what's going on over the UK. He used to be in Australia, now he's in the UK. Toby Morell, give him a call. He, if he doesn't know, he probably will tell you where to go. So anyway, that was pretty fucking helpful. Ladies and gentlemen, yeah. Wow. Yeah. really helpful, dudes. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just looking through Alex's website again here. It is basically a fetish site for people who like dirty hands. <laughs> Dang. It really is. <laughs> Dang. Dang. It's crazy. <laughs> okay, let's move on. Um, you guys. Yeah, Nash Knives is asking DA dual action sanders for sanding blades. Yes or no? I don't know. Mm. I don't know what that means. Do, all right, a I DA sander. A yeah. DA sander. So imagine a palm sander. Okay. But besides the fact that, you know, in a, one of those palm sanders where you take a square of sandpaper and then you cut it in four and then you wrap it on the other side, okay. a DA sander is non, it gives you a non directional finish. So dual action. So what happens is it, you're oh, moving it's oscillating it. It's right. uh, yeah. So in the in the fabrication world, we use DA. You can create a what's called in uh, you can call it a, a non-directional finish. So you'd use a DA sander. The the best DA sanders are the ones on uh, on pneumatic, and they fit in your palm, and then they they'll oscillate, and you're moving them, and then you end up with a very uh, it's a non-directional finish, but it doesn't look like a a, a belt like a a regular palm sander finish. It's actually an awesome finish for like, uh, you know, outside stuff and stuff like that. But yeah. I actually used that back in the day to make a mirror finish. Cause that's how we used to do mirror finish. We used to do mm. a DA sanders. You go, you know, 220, 420, 800, 900, right. you know, and that's how you got the mirror. Um, but you can, <laughs> is that French? You, no, you know what? I never tell you about Mirror. So I work. I, yeah, with, you have. I believe. I work with these guys from uh, from Ecuador and Colombia, and they were awesome. They were incredible. And then we would be having to do all these like non directional finishes and brass finishes and mirror finishes, and they'd always call it Mirror. And I liked it. Better. I like calling it Mirror better. Hey, we have to make some Mirror. And then they're also the same guys who would say before we leave for an installation, they would mash up American expressions, and they would say, speak now or shut up forever, which is my favorite expression of all time. So <laughs> speak now or shut up forever. So, yeah. Yeah. I was thinking, when I saw dual action sanders, I was thinking, I, I don't know if you've seen them. Um, in TA, there's a bunch of knife-making factories, and I've had a few tours of them to you know, see their setups oh, and that kind of sure. thing. But they had like um, almost like buffing wheels, but when you have a buffing wheel sort of facing facing you, like coming down towards you, these were two buffing wheels um, that were sort of side by side. So imagine sort of imagine Danielson doing his wax on wax off, you know, they they run it that way. Um, but there was a tiny gap in between, and you'd actually put the blade in between two buffing wheels, so it would buff either side to get sure. the mirror finish that way. Um, but if you put it in too far, obviously they just grip the knife and they'd, they'd, ki- they'd kill it. It would be like dan- <laughs> dangerous as hell. Yeah. Um, so I, I assume that's what you meant when you had dual action, as in two two wheels. That's actually what I p- okay. I pictured too, because I know the guys mm-hmm. over at uh, New West, where uh, Ashley Childs used to work, um, they have a similar setup with. The, uh, I think it's not only the belt gr- or blade grinders, but also for the buffing cleaning. Yeah. So. There's a, there's a there's a there's a guy there's a guy this I like this guy very much he's a he's a he's become friendly he's he's this Brazilian guy his name is Don Cassio Salamian 
S-E-L-A-I-M-E-N. Don Casio Solomon. He's fucking nuts. But he's my favorite mental patient of all time because he makes these gaucho knives. And he, I think he's like a dentist in his, in his you know, full-time job, but he makes these, you know, gaucho knives. And he has two grinders with contact wheels, big nine-inch contact wheels. One's going one direction, one's going the other. And he fucking puts them right up against each other, and he pulls it out, turns them both on, pulls it all out, and he makes that fucking hollow grind in like a couple of passes. And it looks like a fucking guy's going to kill himself. I love yeah. this dude. He always... <laughs> This, these Brazilians are, I don't know if he's Argentina or Brazilian, he's fucking awesome. And he, he, they have these like indoor barbecue pits and he oh, does yeah. all this Brazilian style cooking and he's always tagging me when he's like going to these big events. <laughs> but down in Brazil, he's the fucking man. And, and, um, but that's what he has. He, and he does these, you know, he does these knives and he has the machine. I don't know. You got to go deep in his, in his feed, but he is a fucking awesome follow because he's always in his kitchen blowing a trumpet and then he's like fucking fire in his house and then cooking. Brazilian barbecue in his thing, and he goes, Fader knives, and obrigado, obrigado, and all this bullshit. It's fucking awesome. Wow. I, you know, wow. thinking about it, I could see that working if you have to do the two grinders oppo- going in opposing directions, but instead of putting the knife in from the top, you raise it up from the bottom. I think that's what he does. Okay. I don't think he's dropping it. I could see it. that being a lot safer. With the tip up, yeah. with the edge up. Yeah, yeah I don't think up. he's dropping it. I think you're dropping it down. I mean, I think you're fucking asking for Mondo trouble. <laughs> but like, oh, sure. you could probably figure out a way if you had like a like a, a, a chase way on the bottom. Like, all right, so you have your two contact wheels. They're like close. And then you could probably raise a little plate on the, the bottom where the bottom where you're, the spine of your knife is like riding. So you're not in this position, but fuck that shit. I would have like a, I would have a vice grip, and I'd be standing nine feet away. <laughs> That's actually how we did used to do maror. We had on the buffing wheels were these monsters, and then we would take these, uh, we would take these uh, two by fours, like six feet long, and mount whatever we had to do on maror onto the onto the two by four, and then we That's had these. I do like, all my buffing on a two by four. And well, but we're like six feet away, and then we had a couple. We had a couple like a like a a, a, a leverage point where we could kind of like pull down on the two by four, so it was in that heavy duty buffing wheel, and there was really no way for us to get like to get it pulled out of our hands or sent off. Mm-hmm. But we were far away. That's what I would do. Far away. Yeah. yeah. You know, I I've been I've looked because I have a palm sander at my shop, a random orbital sander. Is what I remember calling them when I was in high school. Yeah. yeah. Um, and I was like, I wonder if I could hand sand a blade with this. You obviously wouldn't yeah. want to finish there. You could, pro- but you could get like through probably two twenty and yeah. maybe even four hundred. One hundred percent. And then you finish with four hundred yeah. strokes. That's what we were doing. I mean, that's what yeah. I was doing in the beginning. I mean, that's how we would get. You can get a mirror finish. With right. a non-direct, with a with a with you were saying an oscillating non-directional finish, you can do mirror finish with a palm sander, with a, a oscillating palm sander. You can get the you know a palm. You know, we talk about this all the time. Hand sanding is taking off the peaks and getting down to the valleys. You want to get down to the valleys? Go use a goddamn palm sander. What's the difference? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, look how be, look how helpful some rhino from Indasa. It's going to save you money. It's going to save you time. We all use rhino wet. It's the best stuff. Um, and you can get it from TexasFarriersupply.com. Um, they sell a lot, everything you could possibly need, whether you're a knife maker, a farrier. But yeah, they sell in Dasa as well. So go take a look, TexasFarriersupply.com. Fill up your cart 
and use Knife Talk 10 um, and you'll get 10% off. And when you finish, take your card back to the corral, please. <laughs> Fuck it. If you're doing the palm sander, you can, especially the vibrating, like the electric vibrating ones with the square shape, you can use your fucking Rhino Wet for that too. Well, if you want, you get a good, you can get those oscillating, those, most of the, like they I said, those, discs, th- right? those, well, no, 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 you can, here's what you do because the, you're buying the discs is for suckers. What okay. you do is you get one of the, you can get them, the pneumatic ones have a foam, a pad, like a, a heavy yeah, oh, yeah. foam pad. And then you just get some spray adhesive and then you get, and then, you know, you cut your rhino wet up so it fits that oscillating disc, this disc sander, and then you cut the rest and use it for hand sanding. Bingo, bango, bongo. <laughs> Baba. Okay. Baba. Oh, we have listener feedback. Uh, we've got we listener feedback, you say, yeah. Yeah, so, guys, if you're listening to this and you want to interact with the show, follow us on Instagram, Knife Talk Podcast on Instagram. That's where you can DM us stuff. You can write in. We, 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 last week was the All Beef Review. Got a lot of great feedback from the All Beef Review. Um, and the first one is, the first listener feedback is from Matt Lab. Oh, and don't forget, I have a new bit. We have a new bit that we got to do. Uh, don't for, let me forget. So the first listener feedback comes from Matt Lav. Here's some listener feedback. I've been listening to you guys for years in the workshop, learning a lot about what different knife parts and processes are. I love the ni- I love knives since I was a kid fishing with my granddad and always been amazed at blacksmithing. So after a long time of me harping on my wife, my wife, wait, wait, hold on a second. So after a long time of me harping, my wife surprised me with blacksmith sessions, (laughs) blacksmith session at a local forge to learn some of the basics to eventually build enough skills to attempt a blade. Basically, I want to say thank you for doing this week in and week out through all the computer bullshit you have to face and inspiring, influencing me to finally swing a hammer at some steel P.S. If Cypress Karen has to send their knowledge back, I need as much as I can get, so send it to my address. <laughs> Cypress in the Perfect. morning. Send it to fucking Matt Lav. Cypress <laughs> in the morning. So God bless you, Matt Lav. Thanks for listening, and give him hell. Have a good time. Enjoy yourself. Yeah, good luck. Good luck. Paul Jansen. Paul Jansen writes, The beef is always my favorite episode of the year. The All Beef Review is always my favorite episode of the year, and this year was no exception. Almost had to pull over. I was laughing so hard at the, from the, uh, don't take a shit, you give a shit. That's what Uri Hoffi <laughs> says. He didn't like American English. Don't take a shit, give a shit. So thank you, Paul, for all your help. Plum Lee Knives says, another great All Beef Review podcast. Cheers from Cyprus. <laughs> <So> <laughs> Plum Lee Knives, Cyprus in the morning, baby. Um... Mammoth Creek Knives says, I, ju- I-, I just showed my future wife the music video from Craig. Both of us were impressed as fuck. Well done, sir. Ooh. And thank you for putting that out there. You are very talented. Love the podcast and all your immense talent. You guys always inspire me in unintentional ways. So that was a nice thing to say. Mammoth what music Creek. video is that again? This town. This town will bring it. Yeah, it's down. almost like a, like a behind-the-scenes of the okay. studio, basically. Yeah, yeah. I just want to make it clear for anybody who might This know. town. Okay. Available on Spotify and available, you know, wherever wherever st- yeah. streaming services are. This town. By any Craig bargain bucket CD um, <laughs> outlet, too. Yeah. <laughs> so some people send us messages saying that we're too locker room and the dick jokes are whatever and stuff like that. And I just want to tell you, 
all the listener feedback, the most listener feedback we got is what was I, we were talking last week about what a chode is. I think that we didn't know what a tr- chode is. Well, yeah, I want to thank you. Yeah, I want to thank Littleton Supply Company, Kyle Furlman, Roddy Filman, Red Knives, Leonardo Lee. In explaining to me what I'm going to send them all, all you're all in the same boat, and I'm not going to read all your fucking chode stories. So a chode, <laughs> if you apparently a chode is a wiener or a penis. <laughs> if you want to be more scientific, a penis that's very short and extremely oh. wide, extremely wide. Oh, okay. So you got okay. like a hockey puck glued to your yeah. guts. This is a little Danny DeVito down there. Okay. Got a little fucking yeah. nub, but I want to thank. So, so just to let you know, the Chode's conversation really struck a nerve. Uh, thank <laughs> you to the guys for clearing me up. This is as much DMs about penises as I can handle. Um, <laughs> EDC Gearhouse says. Wait a second, the, wait a second. The Chode thing, by the way, when we were recording last week and I said what I said and we moved on, I was like, wait a second, is that right? And I double checked it, and the second definition was the perineum. And when I was growing up, which is the taint. Growing up, in middle, whenever somebody would call somebody a chode, I was, I was like, for a long time, I was like, what the fuck is a chode? And they're like, it's the spot between your dick bag and your asshole. <laughs> <laughs> do you, <laughs> Craig, do you know why they call it the taint? Uh, Have you ever heard no. of it called the taint before? I've, I've, I've heard it called the taint. I don't know why they do call it. Do you know why? Taint. No. Because no. it taint your ass and it taint your nuts and it taint good for nothing. <laughs> You didn't know that? <laughs> it's true. I didn't make that <laughs> shit up. Um, and then there's the gooch. We know that from Australia. They we call know the gooch. the gooch, yes. Right, yes. right. EDC there's Gear. There's cricketer called Graham Gooch. When I was growing up, and it made me laugh every time his name was mentioned on the TV. Graham Gooch. Oh, there's some bad names out there, aren't there? There, there, was a, there was a baseball player whose name was Rusty Cunts. K-U-N-T-Z. K-U-N-T-Z Cunts. Rusty Kuntz. Oh. Oh, I wanted wow. that baseball card so bad, you have no idea. Um, uh, EDC Gearhouse says, All beef review is epic. I always appreciate uh, the knife life feedback, the knife talk feedback and advice, but something about hearing you guys shoot this shit is the best. Happy New Year to you three, and we look forward to uh, staying tuned in tune to the podcast. Happy New Year. Nice. Happy New Year. Uh, we can keep going, or we can do something else, or whatever you want. I have um, more listener feedback. Have we but we yeah, have more feedback. I we like also it. have a new bit, so we we have to get back into the new bit. So the, the John Lewis wrote, uh, "Greetings. First, I want to thank you for what you do. When I look around my shop and consider my knife making journey, y'all are right there with me. Whether it's the recommendation for the Broadbeck Broadbeck grinder, or the even heat, or the deep dive into coffee treatment, or the tutorial on serrations." or the real science provided by Dr. Laren Thomas. My journey has been heavily influenced by the show. A few shows ago, Jeff described himself as a therapist. It's so true. For me to hear that, I'm not the only one who holds their breath during electro etch or can't get a good uh, finish off the belts. It's quite soothing. Many thanks, and keep the therapy sessions going. As long as you're doing what you do, I'll be listening. It was very nice, John Lewis. Nice. So. Um, Littleton Supply Company. You got to follow Littleton Supply Company. He's a funny, funny guy. He writes, hey, guys, another great episode. One thing 
that would be worth sharing for a budget Kydex press is that you can use a t-shirt press and replace the foam with Kydex molding foam. It's a great way to add versatility to a tool some makers already have in their arsenal. Also, I would like to petition that penis talk about Craig is referred to as Lockwood's Cockwood. <laughs> Merry, Merry non-denominational, non-binary, non-offensive holiday season and happy new year fellas so lockwood's cockwood okay i mean okay it's fine that's that's pretty much it okay so. well i'll tell you what let's take this time for um a record to tell everybody all about his uh favorite grinder well we just talked about it or mentioned it at least um mr john lewis mentioned the broadbeck grinder broadbeck grinders are Fucking grinders made for makers by makers. They understand what you're going through and the struggles. And so they've designed a machine that is multiple machines in one. You got a surface grinder, you got a disc sander, you got a slack belt sander, you got all kinds of different machines. You got a buffing machine all in one. Um, they they work cross platform. You can bring tool arms to them to their chassis, or you can take their tool arms and put them on other chassis. Uh, they'll even work with you to make sure things get fit up properly. It's great. They're great guys. Uh, I was just messaging with uh, Vince earlier, and he's doing great. And it's it's just it's nice to have people who care about us in this community, and and um, and that help you know, very thoughtfully put together machines and tools that help us accomplish the work that we're trying to accomplish uh, as easily and as, as, as we possibly can. And Broadback is one of those companies who's really making a difference in, in helping us get the work done. Um, so if you go to broad, I still, I still don't have the notes on the <laughs> discounts, but it's, it's knife talk 200 and knife talk 100. They'll save you money on stuff and <laughs> check out. Do you got the notes? Jeff, yeah, two, knife talk two hundred off a grinder package, okay. and knife talk one hundred off the uh, the leather sewn machine, the surface grinder knife sharpening system. Okay, and the surface and grinder. The surface yes. Grinder. yes. Okay. And go. side note, Vince seems to think he and I are going to have a paella challenge. He seems to think that his <laughs> paellas are better than mine. <laughs> so someday, well, he says he we're going to cook together. I'm like, eh. You, you can have the you can be the champion. I don't I don't need that designation. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I'm on my own path, man. I'm on my own path. <laughs> on that note, we have got a message from another new sponsor. Bear with me just a second. Oh, it didn't work. Dead air. Didn't work. Mm. Do you want me to start <sighs> the new bit? Then you can try it again. It was purely a, it was purely a joke, but I'll try again. <laughs> Can't begin my day until I've had a dick and cider. There's nothing better than waking up to a good old dick and cider. My girlfriend loves dick and cider. My sister came to stay with us for a month, and my husband can go a day without a dick and cider. My girlfriend loves a dick and cider. <laughs> if you're a cider drinker, Dickens cider. Knife talk 10 for 10% off. <laughs> Okay, what else do you have? You sent me that thing, and I was just like, these Australians, man, they go for the <laughs> lowest, the lowest, the lowest hanging fruit they can find. That's good, though. Dick and cider. Give me a break. It's like back in the day, the, this radio show was so proud of themselves because they came up with this fake ad for a, a sofa company called mm. Sofa King. So they were saying on you know regular sofa radio, King. 
so fucking this and so fucking sofa king this and sofa king that and they thought they were very proud of themselves it was pretty yeah pretty we had weird. um there's a like a, a, a coughs and colds uh, remedy in the uk and the 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 ad would always say for coughs and colds <laughs> try rennies and as a kid it was the funniest thing ever yeah. <laughs> i tell you what the funniest in uh uk commercial i ever heard was was these two old ladies sitting at a park bench and one of them turns to the other and she says do you fancy a finger and she says i totally fancy a finger and he gave her a kit kat <laughs> i always fancy a- hey esther i always fancy a finger and it was a fucking uh, kit kat commercial a cheeky finger we talked about this in the past haven't we? <laughs> yeah. yeah she's uh, i always, well thanks for asking i always appreciate a fucking i may finger. have asked my mother-in-law if she fancied a cheeky finger. i heard that <laughs> that was that was something else that was something else lockwood jesus oh congratulations Christ. by the way i saw that you guys just celebrated 15 years you and your wife Oh yes, together. Like, yes, yeah. Not married about? since since we met on actually. Yeah, it was New Year's Eve. It was our first sort of date. Wow. Um, Fifteen years ago. Yeah, and my wife found this picture of us around that time, and they were both unrecognizable. <laughs> yeah. No, you guys look like yourselves. Um, haggard since then, but um, <laughs> yeah, fifteen years. Wow. Well, I, I speak for myself. My wife still looks beautiful, obviously, um, but yeah, I look pretty haggard. Yeah. Ah, talking about beautiful things, um, if you need something special to make something special for a special someone, or you're just looking to make a very special piece, um, you wouldn't go wrong using Dharma Steel. Um, DharmaSteel.se is the website. Go take a look. They make a stainless Damascus, beautiful, beautiful patterns. Um, they've got them all there on the website. Um, they're also Dharma Steel Lab on Instagram, so you can have a look at the kind of stuff people are making with it. Um, if you go to the website and register um, and make a purchase using Knife Talk as a promo code, you'll get 10% off too. Um, so go take a look. They're good, good people too. Go take a look. DharmaSteel.se. So I have a new bit that I want to start. Uh, yes, let's do it. Okay, yeah. so I, I've said, I'm, I kind of did a preview last year, and it's a new bit. And what you, the listener, are going to do is you're going to send me some, send us on Instagram, Knife Talk Podcast on Instagram. Something that happens in your shop that you do, and you just don't know why it's happening. And we're going to call it, why me, why me, why does this always happen to me? Okay? So, and we're going to try to CSI what's happening, because it happens all the time. I see stuff, yeah. there's stuff that you can work out. You say, God, for some reason, I always do this. Or why am I always getting these J-hooks? Or why am I always getting this? You know, not just a question of, like, how should I do this? But, like, this happens to me, and I never know why. So we're going mm. to do it. The first one is Legacy Blades. And Legacy Blades sent this in as a question, but it seemed perfectly fitting for why me, why me, why does this always <laughs> happen to me? And that comes, that's a Howard Stern thing. Why me, why me, all this comes. All right. Legacy Blades says, how do you guys get out the wiggles if you get them in your grind line? I've had a few in the last few weeks in different blades, and it's maddening to try to work them out. I'm wondering what steps you take to attack them. I'm pretty sure the guy that said insanity is doing the same thing over and over again is expecting a different result. Uh, must be grinding a knife. Thanks for all what you do. So what I said to him was like, can you give me an example of what you're talking about? He goes, like a high spot or a wave in the grind line where you're trying mm. to even them out. Does that make sense? Yes. We're talking like, like in a camp knife, that kind of thing, where you have uh, your grind line clearly showing, not on a chef knife where the grind line generally goes right up to the spine. He's talking, yeah. 
back on the grind, I assume. He's chasing. Um, it's like it's like uh, you know you're chasing back and forth, like you're trying to. Yeah. For me, whenever I was having that problem, it was normally because I was being too careful. Um, if you commit to it and put a fair bit of pressure down, you generally get a crisper edge, and you can you you get a nice short straight line. Um, but yeah, when I was trying to do things to sort of feather in to try and chase things and fix things, it just made the problem worse, and you're always chasing your tail. Um, so I think it's just a case of being confident, applying a bit of pressure, and going for it. Hmm. Well, what other things could be could be the the problem? Does that happen to me when I did the the uh, knife talk build along? I was like, I was like, I couldn't get everything. I had to go back and forth and back and forth. And the plunge line ended up. I mean, the uh, the 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 flats ended up being like very thin as opposed to what it's supposed to be. Mm. What do you think, Marco? Yeah. I mean, <clears throat> sharp belts will make a massive difference. And I think when I've struggled with gr- my grinds and getting them or controlling kind of where the belt's grinding and stuff like that. It's because I'm trying to get too much or more work out of a belt than it's capable of actually doing. And and I I notice almost immediately, I swap out for a new belt, I start grinding away, and there's no fucking problem. And so for me, I find that if that seems to be what's going on, like I'm just for whatever reason, it's like I can't control where the belt's grinding on the machine or, or on the blade. It, to me, th- that means like the belt's kind of instead of cutting, it's kind of sliding around and skating around and not actually doing what I'm trying to control it and make it do. And so when I get a new belt on there, it makes a huge difference, massive difference. I think that there are some yeah. little things that are also adding to the problem. One is is the pressure you're putting up against the knife and how the knife is on the platen. And I think what happens a lot of times is because we're humans, and if we're freehanding something, we're not going to get that, that uh, the same, we might not get the same accuracy as a jig. And sometimes you'll touch the corner of the platen, and that'll gouge. Mm. Or sometimes you're putting your, or if you're not using a push stick, maybe you're holding the handle of the knife in one hand and the tip in the other, and then you're almost bowing the knife that you don't even right. realize. Yeah. And then you're all the only abrasives that you're seeing is on the corners of the sides. Or if the platen could have a fucking dent in it because you've been sticking on that same spot all the time. And you might have like inaccuracy. I actually have a platen that had some Pyrex on it. And the Pyrex started cracking on the edge. And if I touched that edge, I could see the tra- I could transform the whatever the cracking is into the profile of the grind. So there are these yeah. all these different little things, and I was actually talking to uh, talked to um, Pariah Knives and uh, Chris Adelscott, Chris Adelhart, a, a few years, uh, a couple years ago, and I said to him, he, I think that Chris does one of some of the best belt finishes on the on the in the world in the in the knife making game. I mean, he is he is fucking nuts. I said, so when you're doing your grinds, are you breathing? And he goes, I'm holding my breath. And he's like, he's like, he's holding it. Those last few passes, you're holding your breath and you're, you're ball, you're sucking your balls up in your guts and you're crossing your toes and you're crossing your fingers and you're like, you know, afraid of whoever you got afraid to and you're pulling it along. And cause it's like last chance for glory, baby. So I think that there are a lot of problems. I also think the push stick, there's different, if you have a push stick that's not flat and it pushes in a spot, you might have problems. I think the push sticks, yeah. we start to use push sticks too long, and then they 
kind of dome, and then you end up getting a different pressure against the platen. Yeah. When I was doing my camp knives, and I went through various sort of iterations before I sort of released them, um, I found it far easier as well using a thicker stock. So I had lots of stock hanging around that I'd use for like, you know, kitchen knives. So I think, let's try and make a camp knife with it. Too thin because you're never going to get that crisp edge on a, you know, that type of grind line, I mean, but it just, you know, halfway up the, halfway up the blade, I suppose. Mm. Um, but obviously a, th a thicker blade, you can have a sharper angle. Um, which means you can have a sharper sort of finish to your grind as well. Um, so maybe that could be another cause. Maybe your, your, your stock is really thin, so your, your angle is really shallow. Um, so, yeah, especially if you're using a, you know, a heavy grit, you're never going to have a really crisp line there. Um, so that's possibly another thing. Um, but, yeah, I like, like Jeff just said, hold your breath, take a, a very good stance, brace yourself. You know, you don't want to be shaking around. Brace yourself and commit and go for it you could also be starting you know two if you're holding in your right hand your dominant hand you're holding the blade you could be touching that part of the belt that part of the platen first and it's not coming on square it's not coming on square and all of a sudden you got a little bit of a dip down towards your all of a sudden you're taking off more material closer to the plunge line that happens too yeah. or you're yeah. going back and forth and when you go back and forth instead of taking swipes you go back and forth and back and forth. That middle part might be, you know, getting more material off than than it would if you just took, you know, strokes out. Yeah, and it, and it's always handy to to sort of mark where you want those lines as well, um, because in those first few strokes, you know, you're not you're not going to be you're not going to balance it right and all the rest of it. But you've you've got those those you know maybe ten fifteen strokes before you get to that line to to get things right. Um, so yeah, always you know use some marking fluid and, and you know scribe a line that you want to you want to, to grind to as well. And be a cheater. Get yourself a jig. <laughs> get exactly get yourself a jig. I mean, be, a, yeah. be yeah. a. I'm just kidding. Obviously, all of a sudden, all these like stock removal guys got their hackles up. Just relax. Get yourself a jig. <laughs> get yourself a jig and realize that jigs are where it's at. You don't want problems. Get yourself a jig. Yeah. Yeah. I did see on face. I think it was Facebook this week. I think it was Brian House. He makes this platen, um, so you don't need a jig. But the platen comes right down to give you the kind of angle you need for that kind of grind. You mean um, the true the tilt, the true tilt, that, the true the tilt, true tilt, That's true tilt from House that, Made that Industries. Looks, Fucking industries. looks pretty sick, actually. It yeah. Looks pretty good. Yeah, it looks really good. Um, yeah. So yeah, that's a, that's another option. Brian House he went from House Made to House Made Industries. He's a He's a fucking... He gets a mention every week. Yeah, he's the man. B. Cone and, and Ben. They do a nice job over there at Work For a Podcast. Yep. Yep. I may or might, okay. may not have a problem with them. Really? Uh -oh. oh. I'm just the, kidding, honestly. I'm kidding. I'm kidding, honestly. Show. I'm kidding, honestly. <laughs> All right, we'll save it for the after show. I'm kidding, obviously, but not really. Let's save it for the after show. I might have a problem with okay. them. Okay. Oh, boy. Okay. Okay. That's a radio oh, well, tease. With that, then let's get to the after show because <laughs> I'm curious. Um, we got anything else we need to mention? You want to do a couple more questions? Let's, let's do a couple more. Make these, I, I make these say fuckers say as well wait. how good the guys at Trojan Horse... Um, it's Trojan Horse... Trojan Horse Forge, Forge. isn't it? Forge are, um, because they're doing a special raffle as well um, for Jason Knight's son and you know, the fire that they had. Um 
they're just good guys at Trojan Horse. They, they've, they've sent us advice each as well, and they're, they're awesome. So if you are looking for advice, go and you know get involved in that auction as well. Well, it's over now. The auction I had. Is uh, it really? Actually, yeah, I think it was a raffle. Actually, wasn't it? It was, it was a, raffle a raffle that every five yeah, bucks you put in got you a ticket to win uh, Vice, and they did well. Yeah. I talked to I talked to Sean a little bit, um, and it was a really nice. It was a very very nice. Day. Everyone's coming to the plate for for uh, for Jason and, mm. and his family, and it's good. And there's still a GoFundMe for well, Tiger Lily's got a GoFundMe going, and I think uh, something's going on for something's going on for. Uh, Tristan, I'm not, I'm not 100% mm. sure where that is. Cool. Okay. Right, let's pick a question each <laughs> and then we'll head off. Real quick, I'll add that Maritime Knife Supply actually has knife grinding jigs from TR Maker adjustable. They're adjustable knife grinding jigs. Uh, and I've seen these, and I've been eyeballing them actually a little bit. They're pretty slick, and they allow you to use a work table, set a certain angle, and when you come back to the grinder, you know, because you look at your work every once in a while, see where things are at, you always are approaching the piece again and the grinder and the platen all at the same exact angle every time, and it helps remove some of that margin of error that we do get from freehand grinding. So go check that out on Maritime Knife Supplies website. I got one. Cool. like it. You got one of those? Yeah, I got, yeah, I got one. After, I got one after I used them with Tomer. Tomer and I were using them, and they're pretty nice. They're fucking. They look fucking slick. They going are. back to yeah, going back got... to Barcelona, by the way. Ooh, very excited. When, when are you going? We haven't announced the dates, but it's going to be in June. It's going to be two weekends in June. June and uh, two weekends. Nice. Yeah. So you stay in for a whole week? Well, what we're gonna do is we're gonna te- we're I'm also it's also gonna be a graduation gift for my daughter. So we're mm. going to go out there as a family. I'm gonna teach a class, then we're gonna spend the week doing whatever, and then I'm gonna teach the next class and go home. So nice. Yeah. Treats He's the man. Too. I love the fucking Tomer's a nice. fucking guy. And I can't talk about him. Sorry. Oh boy. He does we do have a collab that he's going to put out pretty soon so sweet kind of nice okay let's do some questions then um i've got one from cody um hey man can i ask you a question i hear everyone talking about using uh one by 30 or two by 42 belts is there any advantage to using something size like that versus a four or six inch belt wow um well, I mean, personally, I think the longer the belt, the better. Um, so, which is why I think it's sort of two by seventy-two is almost like an industry standard, I suppose. A um, couple of reasons for that: you've got a lot more abrasive on the belt. Um, you don't build up heat so quickly, um, and I think sort of a two-inch platen then is is pretty much where you want to be. Any sort of bigger, and you will generate a lot of heat on the blade. So, I know, I know a lot of people use, you know four inch or six inch belts i never have done um, but I, don't, I could see that become maybe a problem um having so much contact with the steel um could be a problem whereas i think two inches you know it's two inches is enough ask kyle um, <laughs> but, <laughs> <laughs> um kyle. but yeah two by 42 um the, I, I can't see any advantage of two by 42 over a two by 72 um yeah, maybe maybe it's difficult to get belts where you are. I don't know, but um, I can't really see any advantage to that. What about you guys? What do you think? What do you think, Jeff? Get ready for the person who starts to make the six by seventy-two grinders. Could be a yeah. mo- I'll be a fucking motherfucker right there. Can you imagine? 
Boop. Done. My side's done. No problem. <laughs> exactly. I mean, they're, those belts are easy to make. I mean, I remember when I was the last fabrication shop I was at, we had these stroke sanders that were, you know, they were like 30 feet long belts with uh, six yeah. inches of, of four to six inches of uh, wide. And there you can get some shit done with that. I mean, oh, yeah, I, I think that I think the funny thing is, is like, once again, I think we ha- we all handle knife issues like knife makers with a set standard of how things are done in the knife making community. So if you, mm. I think you could probably figure out a way if you had yourself, like my old boss calls me up and says, yeah, oh, I'm, I'm going to sell this company. Are you interested in the stroke sander? I'm going to think about it because I'm going to think, how could I, how could I retrofit everything so I could start grinding belts and use one belt? The belt might cost 120 bucks, but maybe I can get, you know, a shit ton out of it. Maybe I should think about maybe that's a, there's a way to, to do it. So I think that all decisions made should be made based on how it works for you, not sure. based on what everybody else does. I'm convinced. Never mind. Mm. <laughs> I like the two. In- I, I've actually, I uh, was at Dragon's Breath. They had three and a half inch wide belt grinders. And I could see how that would play great. And oh, what was it? I think they were. They were three and a half inches wide, and they were like uh, ten feet long belt, ten foot right. long belts. They were monsters, right. but they had tons of abrasive. They so and they had that wider work surface, and so the, the wider your work surface, the kind of like the more stable you can be grinding uh, a particular flat surface. Um, yeah, yeah. When you get down to a one inch, uh, you, things can get a little fiddly. But if you are working smaller projects. And you, and also just with reps, you get used to that. You can work that out, and you can figure it out. P- part of the problem with like a one by thirty is they just, they they typically don't just don't have the power to really get it done. Yeah. Uh, especially with the amount of friction that you're creating by grinding steel against the belt with a metal backing, like you're effectively pinching that belt. And is the motor going to be strong enough to keep going? That is a big concern or something to take into consideration. I like the two-inch wide belt because it gives me, for me, it feels stable enough to be able to control where I'm grinding. Um, but also, it's narrow enough that it allows me to, like, if I want to do a recurve blade, I'm very comfortable grinding a recurve blade on a two-inch wide belt. Um, but I don't, I wouldn't feel comfortable being able to create that kind of inside curve on a three-and-a-half-inch wide platen or anything wider. Right, so it really creates a limitation on what you can kind of do and flexibility. So two is nice because you got the stability. At least for me, I have the stability and the uh, consistency I need for doing whatever I'm doing. Um, you get bigger than that, things get a, you you lose flexibility. You get smaller than that, you kind of lose control. And so, I for me personally, I I really like the two inch white belts. Now, whether you're doing 2x72 or 2x30 or 2x42 or 2x48, whatever the fuck, um, the, the, the smaller the belt, the quicker the abrasive is going to run out more than anything because you're just working with less abrasive in general. So it's not just not going to last as long and you'll be blasting yeah. through belts. But if that's your situation and that's what you got to work with, then make it work. Yep. Yeah. yeah. I mean, some of the stuff I've seen people make with, you know, 1x30s, incredible. So absolutely, know, yeah. yeah, I've seen those. Too. You'll make it work, whatever. But I personally, given a choice, I think a two by seventy two is pretty much, you know, perfect for what for what I'd use it for anyway. Can't get much better right, than that. Mar- Morocco and Jeff, do you want to pick one quickly? 
I'm ready for the after show, personally. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> Can't get much better. Than we've done enough. You've done enough. Okay. Okay. Thank you all for listening. Um, Happy New Year to you all. Um, I promise I'll be on it and brighter next week. I promise. Um, Until then, speak to you soon. Bye-bye. Okay, so what's the beef, Jeff? What's going on? Those motherfuckers (laughs) over there at the Workford Podcast. God damn it. No, I'm just kidding. Actually, uh, B-Cone did me a solid. Uh, We both had booked uh, Noah Vachon at the same time. Full blast and... And I didn't make ah. a, I didn't make, you know, I don't talk to other podcasts just because it's like, but at the same time, like there are sometimes a guest will be on and I'm just like for another podcast, I'm like, well, I'm not going to, I'll stay away from him for a while. And yeah, I love Noah sense. and Noah is I'm incredible. Noah Vashon is unbelievable. And I, he was supposed to come on when I had Fingal on. And for some reason we had the, this, we were some weird connection issues. And, and I said to Noah, I said, you know, why don't you come back on in the beginning of the year and. So he sent me a message. He's like, oh, I forgot. I'm going to be on work for it. So I was like, ah. He said, do you, do you want to keep doing it? And I thought, well, we'll do something different. And I, and I messaged B. Cohn, Brian, Brian Cohn and, and Ben Butler and, and uh, Brian House are just great dudes. And I am a, I am a fan. I am a, and, and I talked to B. Cohn, and he's just like, he's very busy with buying this new house. And he's just like, uh, don't worry. I'll take care. I, you know, I'll, I'll, do, I'll have him on another time. And I, and I said that I would. I would appreciate how flexible he was. And I told him, now you have a favor for me. So if you never need me to come on, you need a fill-in host, you need a favor. He has, B. Cone now has a very elusive, very, I'm not happy about it. He has a card. Golden ticket. He has it. Not a golden ticket. He (laughs) has got a, he's got a card that he can play. And and it'll be a no questions asked card. Well, some questions at it. Don't go crazy. It's, it, my father used to say to him, you can have whatever you want, but uh, within reason. That's the same thing. So, uh, yeah, B. Cone is the man, and, and uh, we wish him nothing but the best. So I'm going to have Noah back on full blast. So Sweet. Nice one. So what's going on this week? Anything exciting? Um, what do you got, Mareko? Anything exciting? <laughs> you have to talk uh, some funny stuff, huh? I'm actually getting ready to go to Hawaii next week. Whoa. I'm I'm going over to do some work with Neil Kamimura, our friend, uh, and and get some time in the sun, maybe. I don't know. It's kind of the rainy season over there right now. Uh, But mostly I'm going over to go work with Neil. I'll be taking some projects of my own that I'm working on as well as doing some work with him and his guys over there. Um, And before, let's see. I don't know what else. I think that's basically it. How long are you going week. for? I'm I'm there from the 9th to the 15th. Oh, I think I mean and then I, sh- I should have enough service. Ooh, I don't know. Don't the worry about it. Should... We'll cover for you. We'll Sorry. cover for you. Maybe right. get Beacon on. <laughs> that's not a bad idea. <laughs> yeah. It's not a bad yeah. idea. Well, I'm a, I'm away as well actually. So, um, I should be okay connection wise to carry on anyway. Um so I should be able to do it anyway, but um I'm going back to Rockfield. Um holy oh. shit. Next, I think I'm going on the. Let me just look at the dates. The 17th and the 18th, I'm there. Um, yeah, so I'm back. I'm back on the Friday, the 20th, I think, actually. So I'll be fine to do it anyway. So yeah, it's fine. Don't worry. So you mean what are you going to be Noel, doing? No Gallagher. No, um, but um, I'll talk about it another time. It's okay. a, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a business thing. Right. So yeah. Oh, is it? It's not a juicy. It's not some juicy shit. It's no juicy shit. No, it, it, it possibly it could become a very 
a very juicy shit. I'll talk about it a little later when I know what's going on here. <laughs> well um, oh, what else have I been doing? So I've been um, building a studio here at the house. Uh, so one of the reasons I've been so flustered with this podcast today is every time we do this podcast, I need to bring everything out basically onto the kitchen table. Um, and, you know, Amy's trying to put the kids to bed at the same time. And I'm like, everybody be quiet. I need to get in. And it's just like, it's been a pain. Um, so, yeah, since we've been in this house, I haven't really had a permanent space for a studio, which, which I did have last time. So I've been building one in one of the barns here. And um, it's going to be huge. <laughs> it's going to be massive. So, um, <laughs> but it's been, it's been quite fun to do, actually. So, yeah, just lots and lots of rock wool areas. So it's going to be sort of soundproofed as well. So. Yeah, it's been a good project to work So you're on. not going to just put it in like one of the horse stalls? You're going to take up the whole barn? Um, well, it, 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 it's a massive barn. So it, it's sort of up on, it's like you've got to go up. It's like an upper level in the barn. Okay. Um, so there's going to be a control room, which, you know, as a studio would have with a big glass window, then looking out onto the live room. Mm. So the live room is where I'll rehearse with a band and that'll be set up permanently. And then the control room is like a small studio space, which I'll have. You know, all the podcast stuff already set up, ready to go at all times. So, yeah, this will be cool. So, yeah, I'm very excited about that, actually. Um, I've, I've been building the desk today. So, yeah, it's cool. Nice. Hmm. So, next week, next Thursday, are we all good? Yeah, 100%. 100%. Cool. Wait, Jeff, cool. what do you got coming up? Uh, I just talked to an editor. I'm, I'm finishing off this article. Okay. For this magazine, and uh, I got I didn't get my they liked the first draft, and uh, it's going to be oh. and it's now it's going to turn into more of a instead of just me writing an article, it's going to be this kind of thing. So I'm going to get interviewed, and it's going to be like nice little writing piece that I've you know fucked around and wrote something that they like, and then uh, we're going to do that. And that was kind of neat getting a message from my friend saying, you did a nice job. You got to do a little polishing, a couple things that I need to like translate from the, from knife makers to readers, but hilariously enough, get ready for this. So they said, we decided that we're going to do an article. They do this piece, this magazine is called Edible Hudson. They also have Edible. It's not about weed. It's, 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 it's about food and it's <laughs> Edible Manhattan, Edible Brooklyn. It's a, in Long Island. It's this. And my friend Julia Sexton is. Uh, she said we we decided that we're going to do a piece on. We do this long running thing where it's how art relates to food, and we really want to talk to you about bridging the gap between knife making, art, and food. And I'm just like, and she knows me. She knows my whole fucking like you know knife making is an art, and she knows my whole bag. So she's just like, it's going to be hilarious because I'm expecting you to you know be belligerent. I'm like, ah, you know what? <laughs> These I said, you know, I think you, I think I don't take on controversial things that are like you know real important. You know, this is bullshit stuff. Don't worry about it. So it is going to be an interesting piece and. I'm looking forward to it, but I get the first draft came out nice, came out nice, and they're happy with it, and got to do some little things. So nice, cool, yeah, we'll very good, exciting stuff happening. Cool. Okay. Well, thank you all for listening. If if you are still listening, and we shall speak to you again next week. Bye. Swimsuit check. Sunscreen check. Phone charger check. 
Don't forget to pack the 5-Hour Energy. It fits great in a pocket or carry-on, and the alert feeling will help you arrive ready for anything. Now get 20% off when you use code 5HETRAVEL at 5HourEnergy.com. Expires April 30th. One-time use only. Not valid with other discounts. Remember, visit 5HourEnergy.com and use code 5HETRAVEL to save 20%.